Hey, this is Carrie Ann from Lofty, and today I'm on location in London. My guest is Selma Studer from Gong. She's a Gong guru, and we're going to be talking about the qualities of sound therapy for your mind, your body, and your spirit. We're also going to be talking about how to transition into a business that really drives you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's yes. Lovely to meet you. Yes, this is Selma Studer, and uh, she is the, I don't know, do you go by founder, CEO? I go by founder. Founder of yes. Gong, yes. which I love, which we're going to definitely talk about today. And I'm, I'm really excited that um, it ended up that we got to meet because as I was telling you, I love sound therapy. And as a musician, it's something that's just a part of my life. I don't talk about it a lot um, in my kind of entrepreneurial life, but it's definitely a part of kind of the whole me. So I was really excited that it worked out that we got to meet today. It's great. Yeah, yes, yeah. likewise. And I think, you know, sound more and more is becoming a thing. So yeah. it's great to meet people with similar passions. Yes. And I also, the other thing I love about your story, and I know some of that will come out as we are talking, but the fact that you've spent your career really in communications and, and that this is a new brand new baby business for you that's already having some really great success so right. you said you launched in june launched in june yeah and the communications is a core part of it maybe we'll get into that but a yeah. lot of i think what i'm doing is storytelling and building awareness of sound as a tool for meditation and for wellness so yeah. calms kind of just really fits in with that yes yeah. and i think that that's also something that's really special when you come from a world where you sort of have had that background, it is such a nice um, advantage to, to bring forth. And I mean, I think that's something that I think in general for people as they're starting a business, even if they're picking something in an area that may be a newer area of their life. Um, and I know you've, I, I read your website, so the, the idea of sound therapy being sort of specifically with a gong is not a new concept for you at all. It sounded like as an individual, it's just right. something now in terms of a business is new. Yeah. But I think any time that you can also think about what are you an expert at and you can find a way to connect that to what you're doing. So even if that's not the end product or service, it's a really it's a good strategy to having your business um, have an ability to grow maybe more quickly. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think people really what I'm getting a sense of is they connect with your story. And so if you can kind of right. communicate that story and why you're doing something, and what it's leading to and what the benefit from then is, then they'll yes. trust you more and they'll want to kind of learn more about what it is that you're offering. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Well, so I would love for you to just. And it like just said abbreviated version of um, the story that's on your website about sure. how you even found out about sound therapy and specifically sure. with a gong because there yeah. might be some people that are watching or listening who have not experienced that yeah. before. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I've always been into wellness and yoga kind of throughout my life. It's something that's kind of balanced out my corporate career and everything and I've enjoyed it. And then a couple years ago, it was right before I went to business school, I went on a yoga retreat okay. in Thailand and had my first gong bath there. So it's called a gong bath, which just means that you're bathing in sound waves. It's a meditation session in front of a gong, mm -hmm. instrument the gong. And I just, I, I love the experience. It was very powerful. It really kind of captivated me. And then I forgot about it, went on with business school, went on with my life, moved to London, um, was in a stressful job and was seeking out more kind of more stress relief, more ways to connect back with that sense of peace and sense of calm. Mm -hmm. Went to a couple of yoga studios that were offering um, gong as part of their yoga practices then tried to find a couple more gong baths, um, but wasn't really finding that same initial 
um, powerful experience that I had. And so a friend of mine was just like, well, why don't you go do this? Why don't you go start you know, a golf business and bring this to the world because you find such peace in that. And right. that's kind of how it started. Um, but in terms of the benefits of it, it has all of the benefits that you would have from meditation. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a great way for people who are trying to meditate or who would like to experience what that's like mm -hmm. because it's a more immediate way to get into a med meditative state because the sound influences your brainwave activity. Yeah. So it will actually lower your brainwaves into this sort of kind of lucid state. Yeah. And then you also benefit from the physical stimulation of sound. So the sound waves that emanate from the gong will actually stimulate your nerve endings, will stimulate you internally right. because we're mostly water as humans. Yes. And so water is an effective conductor of sound. So you benefit from all these great physical sensations in addition to the mental sensations. So it's a really cool thing for anyone to, to experience, to kind of zone out from your yes. day to day. It's so different from any noise that you're going to hear from your phone, from you know, any kind of electronic man-made noises. It's so different from that. So it's a yeah. really great thing. I think a lot of people kind of latch on to, to that uniqueness of it. Yeah, and you just did such a nice job, like going back to the storytelling of really explaining the benefits, which, um, so I, I think as I mentioned to you, I've been to a couple gong baths and then I own some crystal sound bowls. Um, so. I'm right there with you in terms of those those amazing benefits sort of on the mental level, the psychological level, the physical level, the spiritual level. It's yeah. really incredible tool. The one thing I'll say is that I actually haven't, in the research I've done, I haven't found um, that many websites or, I mean, essentially our websites at the end of the day, or you know, social media um, experts that have really been able to explain it in that way. So I think that's it's the thing for you that I'm loving already is that, um, not that you really <laughs> on this, but I always pick up on that with people is that I love that because you have that communications background that you, as you were saying just a moment ago, I mean, it really helps you to tell that type of story. Yeah. And just from my own experience as somebody who is really fascinated with sound, um, I just, what you just said actually is I think more uh, detailed and thorough yet very succinct than I have found. So I'm excited that you're starting out, and I hope that you'll also be um, having some educational content that you put out there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, to your point about the story, I think, as you know, a lot of it is about knowing your audience. And so yeah. if I look at who I'm trying to reach, yeah. I think you know many people in the yoga community already know about these techniques and have many ways to de-stress. And I'm really trying to reach more the corporate audience or people who wouldn't otherwise be attracted to sound as a tool for de-stressing. Right. So I've tried to find a way, like you said, to communicate it in a way that everyone can understand everyone can relate to that sure it has to do with the physical and, and spiritual elements but it's more about actually science the fact that yes. we are vibrations sound is a vibration well it makes sense that you know if you're exposed to optimal vibrations you're gonna just feel better and right achieve wellness so yeah well I would love to know as you think about um, especially with your clients and knowing that you're just sort of started out like how you've been finding them and connecting with sure. them how has yeah. that been working for you and yeah. what have you been doing it's been a really interesting journey because um, I am trying to target you know that more corporate space and still playing around with both the b2b and the b2c sides with it mm -hmm. so when I started out I just had to get out there and start giving gong baths so 
So I invited friends over. Um, I'm lucky to have a beautiful apartment with space for it, so I could fit up to 10 people. So I would invite my friends over. First, I lured them with, you know, dinner, and then slowly, just with, you know, tea afterwards. And then slowly, I realized I can start charging them because they want to come. They don't feel like they have to come to support me. Yeah. So that was kind of my MVP, my proof of concept. That's you know, great. the feedback I was getting was really good. People wanted to come. Mm-hmm. So slowly, I grew that um, and started then kind of became concentric circles of my network. Mm-hmm. So first it was my friends, and they brought their friends, and their friends brought their friends. Yes. And it kind of just grew naturally and organically from there. Yeah. And then I started to list the sessions on Eventbrite or Facebook as public sessions. So mm-hmm. I still haven't put any money into marketing, really. I've just okay. been doing social media Fantastic. using t- free tools. Yeah. And through that, I got really excited when my first stranger showed up. You know, the first yeah. person that was not connected right. to my network found me on Eventbrite or found me on Facebook, and they showed up. So that kind of has helped sort of then expand to other other pools of networks because yeah. then I'm talking to them and all of the people that they know essentially. Right. So that's kind of how it's grown on the B2B to B2 front. Mm-hmm. On the B2C front, it also has grown quite naturally because my friends will come and say, hey, this would be really great in my workplace or hey, I'm at this co-working space. You know, I know we have a wellness program. Maybe you could come give a trial there. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of made connections through my network there as well. Yeah. Um, done a couple trials, just been invited to Airbnb this morning, which is really excited. Um, yes. So it's actually I'm offering an experience on the Airbnb Experiences platform. Very so it's cool. another way that I've been able to grow the business through a different channel yeah. to kind of a more international audience. And then through that, they found me for their corporate events. So it's kind of just, I've been sort of opportunistic. Mm-hmm. I've been quite lucky in that sense mm-hmm. until now that I just kind of, one thing leads to another and then I follow it. I think I'm at the point now where if I really want to scale, I'm going to have to have a focused effort on you know more traditional marketing tactics and having strategy. Right. But until now, the organic growth has been quite natural and yeah. really great. So. And I think that's it's awesome. First of all, it's like it's a great like success story. But I also love the fact that you're starting small. You're starting with what you know. You're starting with what you're comfortable with, but also maybe a little out of your comfort zone. Because I imagine bringing people. Have they been in your home so far? Or yeah. So every so, new they yeah. come through my home. It is a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Especially once you got to one of those sort of maybe the third ring out of people who sure. now you know that they all know somebody in right. some way, shape, or form connected to you. But those people are new. Right. And um, so I think it's amazing that you've. I love that you've been able to just sort of you know, not be afraid to keep moving forward and just keep trying and learning. I love the idea that you were also gaining that primary, you know, knowledge of the audience and their behaviors and what they like. And maybe even I would imagine what you might say to them uh, at the start or at the end of the experience. And all of that becomes amazing information for, I mean, as you know, for when you are building a a larger, you know, communications or marketing platform for your business. Absolutely. Especially when I get the skeptics, you know, have a lot of kind of banking time, I mean, not to stereotype, but bankers yeah. or lawyers or people who just weren't, were like, oh, I'll never do that, but you know, right. I'll come because I want to support you. And then they come and they're like, oh, okay, I get yes. it. I liked it. Like, I'll right. do it again. So that's yes. great. It's figure out what message is going to resonate with that audience. Yeah. You know, the kind of the naysayers and right, the, the reluctance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing I love, though, about the um, 
kind of the concentric circles of it. Is that something that um, I'll never forget one of my first mentors said to me when I uh, was just starting and he had a business for over 10 years and I was I had said I had coffee with him and I said you know what should I expect and he's like where the really cool thing starts to happen is when you get like four layers out and you don't really know those people so to your point like maybe it wasn't sort of that cold stranger right. but it's still these people that you would have otherwise probably never have met and they start to buy your service and they're excited he's like and it's like you you sit down you're like wait how do I know you and it's you're trying to connect the dots and he's like that's where it gets really fun and he also said to me once you get to that point that's when you're gonna know that you're on to something and you're starting to really find your audience because he's like you know not to say anything about the people that are the friends and the friends of friends but that's like the great place to start so I love that that's like a real living example because sometimes for me I try to connect those dots and it's not as easy. So I, yeah. I love that. Great. I can't wait for the fourth layer then. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's coming. It's yes. probably the next one, which <laughs> exactly. is great. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I would love to know is what's your biggest motivator, you know, and sure. especially in um, the change and transition you've been going through. Sure. So the biggest motivator right now is actually the feedback that I'm getting, the fact that this works. Like people tell me they enjoy coming. This is helping them in their day-to-day lives. It's helping them deal with whatever they're dealing with, or it's just a stress relief, just the positive feedback I get. Yeah. Every time after, if I ask, you know, how many people will come back, everyone raises their hands um, and that's you know I haven't been great about collecting the data points I should probably get better at that but just the feedback and testimonials I have from people that they just they want more of this it's, yeah it's helping them I think that I wouldn't be doing it if it didn't work you know what right. I mean at first when I maybe I was a little bit ambitious that I quit my job before I was absolutely sure <laughs> it was going to work something in me just said this makes sense I think yeah. this is something that people you know it's a digital detox it's something that you can't really get everywhere um, so it's that's that's my drive is help people you know achieve a, a more peaceful mental physical state and it works yeah and that's beautiful so the other day I had um, a couple come in and um, the, the the husband had a heart condition where his heartbeat was quite low mm-hmm. um, just in, in general but like okay. not not in a good way right yeah. normally you think that's a good thing but he took his um, heart rate data afterwards and was raised to more optimal level so like that was a really great proof proof point of fact yes. where this actually helped someone achieve a more optimal well-being state so that that was that was a really good motivator so there's small things like that that keep happening where you're like okay you know this works so last night um, I had someone come over and she was having um, some pain in her lower back and then she lied there for the gong bath and then afterwards she regained some more mobility like it was preventing her um, from moving her leg in a certain way and afterwards she regained some mobility in her back so it's just small things like that keep me going you know this this helps and it's incredible that you're having that um reinforcement you know early on and that maybe that you've even happened to have clients that have those sort of needs you know i think it's great that that's happening right away but um so i'd be curious to know if there was sort of a tipping point for you in making that decision i'm gonna go do this you know i'm gonna i'm gonna leave the corporate world and i'm just gonna jump in yeah um 
I guess it, it was quite reactionary on my front. I mean, there were lots of different um, reasons why everything aligned and it just seemed like the right moment. I, yeah. When I went to business school, I'd always wanted to start a business. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was loving my job that I was doing at the time after business school. I was working in corporate innovation for a great company and it was interesting. It was at the intersection of startups and the corporate world and it was great, right. but I still felt like this is not why I rearranged my life to, you know, invest in my education and to kind of move to London. Right. And so I kind of always felt, well, I'll never be really fully satisfied in my career until I start my own business. Yeah. So that was one thing. But I wasn't willing to do that until I had the idea. I was like, that's something I believe in. That's something I really want to pursue and go do. Right. So when the gong just kind of came along and a friend mentioned to me, well, you know, you're chasing this experience. You're having a hard time finding it. It has all the, the proof points of where there could be a business, right? The market's yes. inconsistent. You can't find it. Why don't you go do it? I was like, that's it. That's it. Yes. That is what I want to do. And it was the right time at work too. We were going through some transitions, so it kind of made sense I could shift that to more of a freelancer contract, so keep a little bit of that financial security, yes. which really helped take the edge off. Right. Um, and then I'm, I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs in my day-to-day -day life. My housemate, one of my really good friends, is an entrepreneur, so one day she sat me down at the kitchen table. She's like, when are we gonna talk about you quitting your job? That's great. <laughs> and I kind of feel, unless she had done that, because I trust her and she knows me and she's been, I met her in business school, she's been on this journey with me. Yeah. The fact that she trusted me and she knew I could do that was really helpful. Um, and then talked to a few more people. The hardest thing was maybe telling my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna quit <laughs> my job and go do this gong thing. Right. But they were supportive. And so then I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And if not, I'll go get a job. Right. I'm just going to give it a shot. Right. I love that. And I think, I don't know, I think it's so important that in your network um, of people, so whether it's your friends and family, they're kind of more intimate personal network or it's your professional network, that as you're moving forward with those types of decisions, that you do have people that are going to be in it with you. Because it is, It's. I know from going through it myself a little over a year and a half ago, it's a it's a bit scary to make that kind of change, especially when you've built a career in this very kind of it feels stable, even though you know you never really know what's around the corner or will happen. Right. But you know, you know that while you're employed, there's going to be this paycheck that shows up, and health insurance, right. and all those things are covered, and you can kind of build your life around that. And right. even from a nine-to-five kind of expectation from work, um, and once you all of a sudden are doing this full-time by yourself, it's just so essential that you have those people that you can go to, you can not only to bounce ideas off of, but also to support you in that way and to help help you along in those times when <laughs> you're overwhelmed or you think, I don't know everything. if I can do this. It's everything, yeah, yeah. just having that support network is invaluable, yeah. And yes. you know, you can turn to yourself and especially as a wellness entrepreneur, you know all the tools and tricks you think you need, right. but nothing beats having your friends, having your yes. family, and just having someone to vent to or support you or, yeah, yeah. It's very valuable. Yes, I agree completely. Um, so one of the other things I'd be curious about, especially this is an interesting question, um, given sort of the line of work you were in and the line of work you're in now, and sort of being in the wellness space with yoga, meditation, like, what do you listen to? What do you read? Like, yeah. I would love to know. <laughs> I listen to and I read a ton. Okay. So when I was first starting the business, um, I was reading a lot of books about gong and sound yeah. because there isn't, you know, it's not like yoga teacher training where there are all these officials certified courses it's right. quite a, a new space sort of so I knew I wanted to obviously I had to learn about that um, and was seeking out some some training and some learning on that but in terms of 
business practices and kind of thinking about how to grow business in this space. Um, I love podcasts, so yeah. I regularly listen to kind of a rolling list of different podcasts. Um, some of my favorites are Reed Hoffman's uh, Masters of Scale, yeah. which is really great. It's one thing I ask every day, where's the scale in this? Because yeah. I don't think it can be sustainable unless there is a way to, to grow it. Right. And he has a lot of great case studies of different companies and how they've scaled. Um, another one is How I Built This, Guy yeah, Raz, I NPR. That yes. Love that one. So there's a really great one from Zumba, you know, yes. looking at their business, how they're running it, or Bar 3. So I really find inspiration from people who have gone before and their, you know, the glory and the, the not so great parts of it. Um, so that's a really good one. Yeah. And then the other one I recently started listening to is 10% Happier. Hmm. It's a meditation app. Okay. But what I like is they bring on different you know, business people, just people from all walks of life. So part of it is about meditation and how they incorporate meditation into their life. And then part of it is also what they've done with their life. Yeah. So recently there was one with um, one of the founders of SoulCycle, which is another great brand that I really yes. admire. So it's interesting to hear kind of the role that meditation played in her life as she was growing the business, how she grew the business. Um, so those, those for me are kind of like every day I definitely listen to at least one podcast. I love that. And I find that too, that I think when you can learn from other people's stories, that's amazing. I find I'm usually inspired by many of them. And so I can even, because in a lot of those cases, they'll tell the story and you understand at this point in time, you know, they weren't yet this hugely successful business. You can relate to different points in their journey so intimately, you know, right. and at the end you're like, okay, I can, I can do this yeah. too. <laughs> like when um, Elizabeth, the founder of SoulCycle, was talking about the very first student that they had on the Upper East Side, and she's like, some days only one person would show up. I was like, I know that feeling. <laughs> like some days I have a gong session, I don't know who's going to turn up that night. You know, it right. could be ten people, could be one, and yes. like. You just have to deal with that and know if that one person you're going to give them the best experience and that's exactly what she said that her brand has um, grown to be very focused on hospitality and kind mm -hmm. of this customer service because they really valued everyone that came through that door and I get that you know yes. and thinking about it in those terms is really helpful yeah I can totally relate to that in terms of doing workshops and having some of those same Fears, excitement, you know, not really under, not knowing what's going to happen, but knowing that even if it is a one person or two people that you're still going to be able to give them what they came for. In fact, they're going to likely get more out of it right. and that, that that's okay because maybe I'll use that experience to learn exactly. in ways that I wouldn't have, you know, had there been a whole group of people um, right. and that that student or that person is just potentially going to take away so much more. Right, exactly. So, and you have yeah. to start somewhere. Like, look at SoulCycle, they're in like how many cities now, yes. you know, and they started with one person in a little studio in New York. So you have to start somewhere. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is exciting. So I'm curious, um, my last question would just be, like, what is, what is the next, like, three months look like? What are you excited about? Good question. So much. <laughs> There's a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm excited to introduce this to, to more businesses. I think that's something I really believe in is um, making the gong a part of the workplace. It's something that might not seem like a natural fit, but I would love to work with more companies to see how it could be part of an employee wellness program or part of you know, executive leadership development or team building exercises, kind of introducing 
um, a, a meditation technique that is group oriented that helps you connect with others. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually been an interesting side benefit that I didn't expect of the sessions I host um, in my own home studio is that people like to linger after and actually feel connected. So people have made friends with people that come to the sessions. That's great. So imagine in a work setting where yeah. sometimes it's hard to relate to your coworkers or you don't get the time or, you know, it's partly a conversation topic and it's partly something that connects people and kind of makes you feel, you know, more, more calm and more focused. So that's something I really want to explore in the next three months is what, what is the role of the gong in work? I love that. And I love that you're immediately applying what you're learning to those insights on your audience and how it can help the strategy for your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, you know, I grew up in the corporate world, yes. so I understand. Like, I would love to have something that kind of breaks that ice. And, yes. Yeah. That would have been amazing if I would have had that in my yeah. career. I'm excited for you to offer that. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for doing this and being here. This was a great chat. So. Thank you. It's so great to, to meet you, too, and thanks for having me here. Yeah, you're welcome.